Welcome to the Money Maven Project Podcast. If you're here to learn how to obtain freedom over your time and money through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Create the life you want by living with intention and becoming a maven in mindset, money, and real estate. Now, here's your host, Justin Monk. Hey, this is Justin with the Money Maven Project podcast. Super excited this evening. We've got Mindy from Investing in Your Wealth with us tonight. Um, super excited to hear your story and, and your message. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us how, uh, tell us your story. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Um, you know, as mentioned, my name's Mindy. And uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Investing in Your Wealth. And a little background on me, um, I started my Instagram probably about two years ago now, and, you know, really probably the same as most folks, it was just to kind of keep myself accountable for, you know, I say I'm going to do something, I actually do it. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, I actually had not bought any real estate, um, didn't have any background except for about a decade of saying, oh, I, I want to invest in real estate someday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then not really doing anything with it. Um, and so when I first started, my my account was more geared towards um, tracking my debt payoff. Mm -hmm. And I also did what's called a no spend year mm -hmm. where I didn't buy any clothes or shoes or accessories, makeup. Um, I didn't have, have any like, hair dye or anything like yeah. that for a whole year. Mm -hmm. I just cut all of that out. Um, and so, so that's how it initially started was, you know, that debt payoff, yeah. tracking my no spend year. And, you know, once I started getting through that $165,000 of collective consumer debt, student loan debt, um, you know, all of that, getting that paid off, I was like, okay, so what's next? Yeah. Um, and, you know, along my debt payoff journey, I had been, you know, already investing. I had a Roth IRA yep. and my HSA and um, contributing to employer 401k, getting the match, all of that. So I've mm -hmm. always been into investing. Um, but then I was like, what about, you know, most of those accounts, I can't really do anything until I'm 65. Right. And, right. and so I was like, what about now and until I'm 65, what yeah. if I want some extra money? And yeah. so, um, so I really started reading, you know, probably the typical path where I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad nope. um, as my first book and then found Bigger Pockets. And I actually, on Bigger Pockets, I went and I searched out for um, other folks in the Kansas City market because that's where I'm located. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to every single investor um, that had been interviewed on Bigger Pockets that was in my area. And I started just kind of looking them up and like networking basically. And, um, you know, really I found a whole network of, um, you know, other investors and I found a local meetup group that I immediately jumped in and I uh, started attending the local meetups. And, um, you know, really, I just started saying I'm an investor and yeah. um, hadn't really, hadn't really bought anything yet, but mm -hmm. I had the mindset of an investor now. And so um, from there, I, within 60 days of starting 
researching, reading, um, networking. Within 60 days, I started making offers. I started out with uh, a real estate agent off MLS for my first two deals, actually. Those came from MLS. Um, and then from there, uh, I decided to, you know, start getting a little bit um, more um, adventurous. Mm -hmm. And my third one was a uh, through a wholesaler and it was a cash deal with a hard money loan. And mm -hmm. so, um, and fourth one similar. And then this recent one, I actually went straight to the seller. Mm -hmm. um, so along the way, there's a lot of, you know, yeah. little things that happened as far as how I got to where I am, but yeah. now currently a uh, fifth property under contract and my other four are um, all, you know, I'm buy and hold. So they're all rentals. Mm -hmm. I'm actually considering flipping my fifth one. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's cool. And so are these properties, I, I don't know if you've said it or not, are they all single family or they're multifamily? Yeah. So, so far I only have single family. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually, I'm also right now negotiating with um, another off-market property. It would be my first duplex, cool. but I don't have a contract or anything yet, but yeah. I would love to get into that, um, you know, two to four unit space. I want to have a couple, I think, yeah. small multis. Yeah. So. yeah, that's cool. And so you've kind of dabbled in a bunch of different ways of funding these, right? You've done some seller financing, uh, on this last deal sounds like, um, and hard money, some of your own cash. Uh, and I think that's, that's a good point. I mean, people need to be, uh, kind of aware of what the options are. Cause man, if you can get a seller to finance the deal, then that's great. You know, that's definitely, uh, helps spread your capital a little bit further. So it's interesting that you have those different methods in mind. Um, how are you finding these deals right now? Yeah. So, so like I mentioned, my first two were off MLS. I had my real estate agent that helped me buy my personal home. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, was like, Hey, I want to start buying properties. Can you help? And, um, you know, tell them a little bit about what I was looking for and what areas. And, um, so yeah, those first two were off MLS and, you know, the very first one I went traditional, um, lending and I had to put 15% down mm -hmm. to get into the deal. And, um, I didn't even realize it at the time, but I was, I didn't know what other people's money was. Yeah. Um, and I used my mother-in-law had a HELOC that we leveraged mm -hmm. for the down payment, mm -hmm. uh, to get into that first deal. And then my very first tenant, he actually, um, he paid for his first year of rent up front. Oh, wow. <laughs> and when I tell people that story, they're like, that never happens. Yeah. Well, that was my first experience as a new landlord where yeah. I got, you know, a check for almost 12 grand. Wow. Um, so I was like, Hmm, I don't want to just put this money in the bank. So I use that for the down payment on my second property. Yeah. Um, and then for the third one, yeah. So the third one was, um, through a wholesaler, I found it through my local um, real estate investing meetup. Yeah. And uh, that one, I used hard money to fund it. And then I used the Burr strategy and did the cash out refi at the mm -hmm. six month mark, yep. paid off that. Um, 
And then the fourth one, I'm actually closing out my cash out refi on that. It was also the Burr strategy yeah. for yeah. the fourth one. I love that. So. I love I love the Burr strategy. That's been that's been definitely my preferred method. And I love the story so far because <laughs> you it's obvious that you've really kind of done research, you've learned, and you're applying a lot of different tactics of where to find deals and how to fund them. It's pretty I hope the listeners are getting a good uh, sense of what's going on here. You are kind of, again, you're grabbing different ideas and different tactics and applying them, which is awesome. A lot of times you, you know, you have a guest on and they're just like, well, I do this method and I find them here, but you're kind of a good mix of all the different things you've definitely learned from others on how to make these deals happen. So that's awesome. Um, and so what do you see going forward? What's the, what's the plan? How, how do you want to scale and, and what's your destination, I guess? So I'm kind of in a uh, pivot, re-strategize year in my journey. And, um, you know, some things have changed in my personal life. And so I'm just kind of exploring, um, learning new strategies. I know they tell you, they being everyone says, find a strategy, stick to it, stay away from shiny object. Um, I'm actually kind of embracing shiny object right now where I'm like, you know what? like we talked about, I know there's more opportunities with seller financing and other creative financing. And um, so so I think my strategy going forward is I'm gonna start really going down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. um, and maybe hold off on the burr strategy. I think I'll probably still sprinkle in some burrs here and there, but mm-hmm. um, right now I'm spending a lot of time and energy focused on honing in on my um, negotiation skills and finding ways to find more seller financed opportunities out there. Um, And, you know, really just seeing where that takes me. You know, you mentioned you kind of where do you want to scale from here? Um, I'm also most of the messages that I've heard and when I was getting started, it could be really intimidating for me to hear, you know, buy 50 houses this year and you need 20,000 in passive income every month. And that's just not me. You know, I live pretty minimally. Um, We can, you know, kind of keep things a lot lower. And I I want to keep my portfolio that way as well. Yeah. I always say, uh, small but mighty is kind yeah. of my goal. And um, so I want to have around, you know, probably 14, 15 total properties mm-hmm. when it's all said and done, mm-hmm. have a couple of them completely paid off or paid down pretty low to yeah. where cash flowing good. Um, and then that's really it. And then the rest, I just want to uh, enjoy the creative side of seeing what's going on. And yeah, I, I really like networking and um, connecting with people and just like we're doing right now. I, yeah. I like this part of the journey. So yeah. I want to keep doing more of this. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I love the idea of, I, so a couple of things. Um, I love the idea of keeping, you know, your portfolio small, but mighty. I think some people get carried away. I'm like, okay, I need X amount of doors. And if you're not careful and you don't build it correctly, you know, you might get X amount of doors and leave your nine to five, but now you just got another job. So you have to be yeah. very careful how you structure that and and pay attention to what your, what your true purpose or what your real why is. Otherwise you'll just end up with something that, you know, just gobbles up your time and, and it's not exactly what you want. So 
um, I think that's super crucial. And, um, and so, and there was one other thing I was going to mention that is left my, my memory, my thought here, but, um, so as you, um, when, when people talk to you, so the networking thing, I think that's pretty awesome how you did that. You got on bigger pockets, you started searching guests and you found, you looked for the people that were in your area and then you started just connecting with them on Instagram, wherever, seeing if they were local, seeing if they're, you find this meetup, which I'm actually intrigued. Maybe there's a virtual meetup going on out there. I'd love to jump in. I've been considering the market out there. Uh, so I, I'd be interested in jumping in on that. But um, so how do you tell, I mean, that's a great strategy. I've never really thought of that, but what are some tips or some ideas you can give to our listeners on the net, the importance of networking and in, in getting started? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I'll obviously I'll give a shout out to my local uh, meetup and you're welcome to join it. Um, it's called Bridge Real Estate Investing Meetup um, and it's on Facebook. And, uh, you know, like I said, I found that through Bigger Pockets. I just searched Bigger Pockets, Kansas City. And, you know, through that, I found um, three local investors that were doing great. And um, so for the bridge meetup, the person that runs it, Nathan Brooks, he's been on the bigger pockets, like I think 16 times or something <laughs> crazy, but, um, but anyways, they, you know, at the time they were doing in-person meetups. And of course, since COVID it's all gone virtual. Um, but the way that that really helped me is you know, clearly when I got started, I had no background. So I didn't have anybody, you know, I didn't have a contractor. I didn't have a lender. I didn't have any of the things that you need to have in place to be successful as an investor. And so um, through that meetup, I was able to meet literally every piece of the deal that I needed, included finding the deal um, because the, there's a lot of wholesalers that post their deals within the Facebook group. Yeah, right. Um, so I found I found the deal there. I found my contractor. I found my property manager, um, my hard money lender. I mean, literally every piece to the puzzle was in there. And not only that, but um, just connecting with other seasoned investors, I was able to um, reach out to a few and I got some coaching through one yeah. of my deals where I had a one-on-one -on -one consultation with one of them. Um, and, you know, they helped me walk away from a deal that I was getting ready to purchase. <laughs> they were like, here's some red flags, you know. Mm. Um, so they helped me analyze my first couple of deals too. Um, so yeah, I think the, the networking piece is huge. And um, one of the kind of philosophies that I always recommend to, to people is kind of the, like, have you read The Go-Giver? I, I have been recommended that book a couple of times, but I have not read it yet. Yes. So that's, that's really kind of what I believe in. Um, it's similar to the boomerang theory, whatever mm -hmm. you put out there into the universe, it's going to come back your way. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I always just try to start with, if I see other people, especially like in the meetup or just in life in general that need help with something, I like to help solve their problems or offer connections for them. And in exchange, you know, it's not like I expect anything in return. It just happens that way. Yeah. And so um, that's a really strong piece of advice I can give is when you're looking to help others and solve their problems, 
it's crazy how your problems will all of a sudden just start being solved too. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, I love I love that. That's a good point. Yeah. And and I think you you've hit it on the head with the networking. Like it's real estate and maybe everything is, but real estate especially is a networking game. Like it you need it's it's really important that people know you and it's really important that people that you know people um because that's where all your connections are like that's where like you said you found everything you needed in that meetup which is pretty sweet because uh, sometimes it's not easy i mean and and i don't when i'm when i'm giving advice to like newbies or people that are trying to get into real estate i i sometimes forget the networking piece you know i'll tell them what books to read i'll tell them you know, go to bigger pockets and search property management companies in your area, whatever. But I need to be better at saying, Hey, okay, you're in what market? All right, perfect. Search. Where are the local meetups? Where can you go to be around people that are already doing all this stuff and then see what you can do to help, see what you can do to add value and see who you can connect with. Cause that, that is huge. And I ultimately think that that's, that's why I love the Instagram world. I mean, I know it can be a, a total time suck, but I have just met so many people and I can see so many people out there getting things done. And I've just been connected with a lot of people that have brought a, brought a ton of value and opportunity into my life. So um, that, that's huge. And it's so easy to do that in today's age. I mean, can you imagine like whatever, like 80 years ago trying to, well, where's How can I get a contractor? I want to invest. I'm in Utah and I want to invest in Ohio. How do I find a contractor out there? You know, you think it's impossible. And nowadays like, okay, meetup.com. Where's the meetup at? Okay. I'll find the guy on Instagram. Okay, yeah. perfect. And you, you DM them and you're there like so much easier now. I, I couldn't yeah. imagine having to do what we do now right. without it. <laughs> so it's just crazy. We're definitely very, we're very spoiled in today's world with our technology. Um, and it can be as good as you make it. And that's, you know, I actually, this month I'm taking a pause from Instagram because I got to a point where it was starting to suck more of my time and energy. And I just needed a detox for yeah. a little bit. And yep. so I was like, I just need to take a few weeks away from it, you know, and, and I'll be back and I'll probably just um, allow some, you know, some guidelines for myself so that I yeah. don't get sucked in. But if you're using it the right way, um, you know, like you said, I've like the seller financing, creative financing, all of that I've learned about on Instagram through connecting with people. Yeah. Um, with my last deal, I found via Facebook, I always post, um, you know, we're buying houses and, and on my Facebook, I have more of my local connections versus where Instagram is more of my national okay. um, yeah. friends. And so Facebook is great for posting for friends and family. And that's how my last deal came to me directly as a friend said, Hey, I have a friend who's selling a house. And then they were like, do you want to go look at it? And I was yeah. like, I sure do. So, yeah. So, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love that. And uh, yeah, I mean, like um, you mentioned seller financing. I had a guest on, I think his name is Larry Fierro. Um, can't remember what the name of his platform is, but I ought to introduce you to him. He has bought all of his small multifamily through owner financing. 
And uh, he could definitely give you some pointers on that. It, and and I just, you just meet people and you just learn the tactics and the different tricks. And then, you know, he was the guest on my podcast. We met through Instagram, Instagram. He was the guest on my podcast. I had a couple of questions about owner financing and I can DM him and he'll answer them really quick. Like how do you, there's no other way to get that kind of value and connection. And so definitely, you know, especially if you're getting started, lean into the networking thing and the social media, make sure that you are, not just being a consumer of the social media, but you're actually providing value to others. Yeah. And then you're using it as a tool to, to meet people. Uh, Cause it can be a total time suck. Definitely. Um, yeah. One other thing that I, you mentioned was, was chasing shiny, shiny objects. And we <laughs> you do, we hear this all the time, right? The gurus out there are like, no, don't, you know, stay, pick your knit, pick, pick your, your method, stick to it. Don't chase the other shiny objects out there. And I think that's really good advice um, when you're trying to get started because that that's when it can be a bigger problem. Like you read a book like Brandon Turner's book and it names all the different seven, nine or eight, nine ways how to invest in real estate. And then you're like trying to advance on all of them. That's a problem, right? But yeah. I think as you go through, that's when it's important to just pick one way and then get a deal done that way get a two or three deals done that way and then say, okay, Hey, I like this about this, but maybe this is what I really am passionate about and do a different deal a different way. I think once you've advanced and once you've got your first few deals out of the way, then you can start saying, okay, well, this is good, but I wonder taking what I've learned here, can I try this and make it, is it more helpful in getting to my goal? So I think we always have to be aware of what shiny objects are out there. Like right now, apparently you know short-term rental airbnb is like the thing right now like people are making oh, so yeah. much. and so i you know i'm learning about that even though i the burr method for me is kind of my bread and butter but i want to be aware of what's out there and then if i do need to make a pivot and shift i can do that um but initially yeah that can be definitely a uh, an obstacle for for new for new investors Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. Getting started, you have to be able to put the blinders on, hone in on it, don't get lost on what you're doing. But then, you know, when you're at a point after you've been doing it for a few deals and you're like, okay, if something changes too, that's the other thing, you know, like a year ago with COVID, it's like, things changed. So there was so many people that were impacted in different ways. Um, and so there's always going to be those times where you might have to stop and say, okay, this strategy worked for me from this point to this point. Now I need to reconsider what's going to get me to my next point. And, you know, as time changes and you grow as an investor, I think it's important to consider, okay, I've grown. So, now, where do I go from here? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, just as the normal real estate cycle happens, um, you know, there's a, I, I think it's written by Jay Scott, um, the recession proof investing, I think is the name of yes. the book. Um, he talks very specifically about the, the cycle of real estate or just mm -hmm. the economy in general and what, methods work better and are safer in certain portions of the cycle and then also 
where the deals are, right? You know, at the bottom of, of a recession, the deals are at a different place, easier to find. You know, you're going to find more foreclosures, more things going for sale on the, the courthouse steps. But at the top of the market, it's way different. So you, ha- you have to have the tools in your tool belt to be able to adjust as we go through a cycle and, and different stages of that. So I think you do have to have a broad education and be able to pivot when it's necessary. Yes, I definitely like knowing a little bit about everything. And so that if the time comes, and then also back to, you know, that go-giver mentality that I mentioned, if I see someone else out there who is struggling for whatever reason, I know a little bit about something. I'm like, hey, why don't you check out this strategy or read this book or whatever that's always come back to me 10 times over so that's exactly right yeah i i love that and um even like um i don't know uh like dave dave ramsey was a big thing uh i followed his process for quite a while in my early married life and you know that was awesome there was a but there was where it came a time where i was like okay i've kind of graduated from that because i don't want to do the growth stock mutual funds and retire at 65 i want to you know semi-retire at 40 or whatever and as a multi multi-millionaire not just a millionaire and so i my path went a different way but his principles are still very applicable especially for people getting started in it i just like you did i'm like yeah okay where are you at Yep. do you have an emergency fund okay get one okay now let's let's solve your debt problem let's get you out of debt there's no reason to go invest in real estate if you have consumer debt get that out of the way and so i love that background and the knowledge that i have because i can get people started on the right path and and help them kind of get closer mm-hmm. to wherever they're trying to get to hopefully yeah i agree i think um dave ramsey you know obviously with how my account started out. I have a lot of followers that were big Dave Mm -hmm. fans and Mm -hmm. I call myself a Dave Ramsey dropout um, (laughs) because I didn't follow all of his steps to a T and, you know, there's bits and pieces that I took that worked for me, like, you know, paying off my, um, I, I haven't carried credit card since my early twenties, thanks to Dave. And of course the emergency fund, Um, But yeah, like you said, it's like, you lost me when you weren't talking about, you know, leveraging um, debt and good debt. And, you know, I know that's a hot topic and there's so many people that have different thoughts and opinions, but I'm in the school of, as long as you're being smart about the debt that you take on, um, there's no reason you shouldn't be. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. And I agree. I think, you know, personal finance, it's personal, same with everyone's investing journey. Um, you know, that's why like at the beginning, I mentioned that a lot of the messaging I always seem to hear is grow big, have a bazillion doors and all of this money. And it's just like, again, everyone's journey is different. Yeah. Everyone has a different starting point. They're at different spots right now. And we're going towards different journeys. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when I first got started, um, you know, I would listen to like the Bigger Pockets podcast and, and I would try and say, okay, well, how do I follow that path or how do I do that? 
But ultimately, like you said, you know, everybody's starting at a different point. Everybody has different resources or access to different resources and network and no two desired destinations by any two people are the same. And so don't get so stuck in like absolutely mirroring somebody's path because it might take you to a place that you don't want to go. And so I think you take the principles and the education from it, but ultimately you're, you're on your own path. And if that's a small, but mighty portfolio, perfect. If you want to be a Grant Cardone with $2 billion of real estate. Okay. That's fine too. You know, it just depends on what, what your ultimate destination is and what you want um, and what kind of a journey you want to lead. So I think it's all very, very profound stuff. I love that. Yes. And I, Hey, we might talk in five years and I might be like, I own 3000 doors. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. Things could change between now and then, but for now yeah. I, I'm happy with the path I'm on and, and it really, it's, it's funny, but I really have to focus on scaling small. You know, I have, it's, it's hard, but I have to focus in on that and yeah. um, making sure that I'm focused on quality over quantity because I could go out and I could definitely scale up right now if I wanted Um, in my market and with what I'm seeing coming through right now is that the right thing probably not Um, (laughs) so so yeah well send me the deals that you turn down and maybe I'll maybe I'll grab them I don't know (laughs) I need need to get into a couple other markets Um, this has been so awesome so far I love it um What are some common, so as you talk to other investors that are getting started or even, even investors that are there along their journey a little ways, what are some common mindset, uh, you know, characteristics that you see in them that are limiting that, that kind of slow them down that you see impede people? Oh my goodness. So um, if you look on my Instagram, I mean, the majority of my posts are mindset, a motivational type post. And really, I mean, I think back to the way I thought about real estate investing and wealth in general. You know, I thought rich people were, you know, they they got that money from family. Mm-hmm. They, you know, once you're once you're in, you're in. And um, you know, someone like myself who came from, you know, a lower economic status and Um, you know, no one in my family had ever gone to college. And so I was the first to kind of break that barrier. Um, You know, you just really, you start kind of seeing yourself as, okay, this is the way things have been. This is the way they're going to be. And it only takes one person to think differently, you know, and say, hey, one person, that's all it takes to change that family tree. Um, so I think that's a lot of limiting that I see. And then the other one, I mean, a lot of it's just confidence, you know, just believing in yourself. And, um, I mean, I'll tell you, especially I think for women, I've noticed, um, I've read a lot of books about how women are taught to be perfect from the second we're, we're born, you know, it's, it just everything has to be perfect. And I've really spent several years deprogramming from yeah. all of the years of social conditioning I went through thinking, I'm not going to go for it unless I can make sure that it's going to be perfect. And so yeah. I'm actually working with my own daughter who's, um, you know, I'm like, hey, 
I'd rather you take a risk and fall flat on your face and then learn from it and go from there. Yeah. So, so that's another big thing is just believing in yourself enough to go out and say, I'm ready to, what's the saying to suck at something new. <laughs> I love <laughs> There's that. something about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and not like you have to really just be vulnerable to open up and be like, Hey, I screwed that up. Uh, but in the process, I learned X, Y, and Z yeah. and I got hands-on experience and that is priceless. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think those are probably some of the, the biggest limiting beliefs that, yeah. you know, I've seen. No, that's huge. And I, that's often, <clears throat> I think the root of it is that we just have these messed up expectations, you know, and, and that can be programmed into us from, from, maybe not parents, but more just society in general and how we perceive society and how we perceive every, we just think that, I mean, even without Instagram, I know Instagram is very easy just to think everybody's perfect and, and everybody's got an incredible <laughs> life. And I know we always, that's all, that's so cliche now, but right. even, even not even that, like we can just, you know, you bump into an old friend from college or high school and how's things going? They're like, Oh yeah, this and that. And you just think that everything's perfect. And so you feel like your life needs to be perfect too. And, and I think we, so we sit these just un, unhealthy and unrealistic expectations and that's ultimately what causes the, you know, the, the, un, the, the belief or the an inability to believe in ourselves and that we're good enough and all this stuff. And it's just very mm -hmm. damaging. So checking our expectations, being forgiving of like, yeah, this is like, it's so funny. Like when we're, you know, when a new child is trying to walk, we don't consider them falling over the first few times, like a failure, like no way. Like, we're just like, oh yeah, get back up and do it again. Like that. And we, sh but then when we get older, we like, Hey, that's not, you're, we're not allowed to tip over. Like we're just not right. allowed to anymore because of these expectations of perfection and like, we're just not allowed to have, make mistakes anymore. And that can be so damaging. And so we have to pull back and check our perspective and like, why am I feeling this way? What expectation am I, what perceived, you know, what expectation am I not hitting that's causing right. me to have this issue or this heartache? And then, okay, is that expectation healthy or is it realistic is it the right one like what how can i reset that i mean mm -hmm. that i think people that are the healthiest mentally are just more self-aware of how why they're feeling certain ways and die, able to dive into their mind of like why am i feeling that way and what can i do to change it that mindfulness is super big for for people oh yeah and i definitely um when I am on the gram, um, one of the things that I do use it for in the mornings is I have a, uh, there's probably about two dozen of us that do a morning routine mm. and we post about it. And um, that's been huge for me. And where I'm like, I'm not guess it's going to be something of those feelings. And I'm sure I always will I think I usually spend a good 10 to 15 minutes doing some sort of a med meditation. And then I'll spend a good 20, 30 minutes doing some sort of 
either yoga or walking or running if it's not 10 degrees outside. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit of reading and, you know, journaling's been huge for me too. And I can use that as an outlet to write out if I am doubting myself, I can kind of just write through it and figure out yeah. like what's causing that. Why are you feeling this way? And yeah, I think it's important to, instead of like the old way was like take feelings and just like bury them down and, and put on this, yeah. everything's perfect. And yeah. now it's like, no, let's talk about it. And let's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I, I think more people are open now to, um, just things are different with mindset and yeah. people are more open to it now. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I'm, I'm definitely a believer in the journaling aspect. Like I recently reread, um, the miracle morning and a part of that obviously is journaling or scri mm -hmm. whatever writing, you know, writing, I guess it's scribing is what he calls it, but basically means journaling, writing things down. And, um, <clears throat> that's been huge. Like just over the past two or I started that January 1st, the miracle morning. So I've been going just over a month now and that the writing things down, sometimes it's only a paragraph, but sometimes it's like a page and it's actually been really helpful. I've discovered, I've learned a lot of things just by digesting and computing my, my feelings and, and then just analyzing it. Like it's actually been super helpful. Yeah. And I know, I know all of our listeners that haven't, that, that, that aren't journaling, they've heard people say that before and like we mean it like it, it is super right helpful. it's just like when you it's just like when you talk to somebody you know whatever like a campfire talk where you're talking about you know deep things it's super helpful and now you're just doing it with yourself basically and just computing mm -hmm. and and digesting what's going on and it can be super super helpful to get you more aware and mindful of what's going on in your life i i definitely recommend it for sure um and one thing that kept me from doing it was I was always, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to journal, I want to like write down everything. And so you have to let go of that. You got to be able to say, no, I'm just going to write down something like just a little bit. Um, because I always like, Hey, well, I got up at eight o'clock and I did this and I did this. Like, that's not what it's for. Um, so yeah, you have to let go of that a little bit, but that's definitely a good tactic, a good skill to have. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like you said, some mornings there's one sentence. Sometimes I start to write and then I'm like, never mind. Today I'm <laughs> um, and then other days it's like, crap, grab another piece of paper. I've yeah. got a lot. Yeah. And then I also at night, right before I go to sleep, I keep a gratitude journal. And yeah. so I, some days it's just one or two sentences about something from that day that, you know, brought joy or I'm grateful for so that I can have that before I go to bed. Cause sometimes I have trouble shutting off. Yeah. Um, so, so that can help kind of clear my mind right before bed. So it's like, I do the morning and the nighttime and it, yeah. it takes two minutes yeah. and made huge improvements in my overall mood and energy and mindset. So Love definitely that. recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Morning routine is extra extra successful if it if it's coupled with an evening routine i think yeah so, yeah that's a good point so <clears throat> what are we've talked a little bit about kind of the limiting beliefs or some of the obstacles for people and and this has been great what are what are some common characteristics you see in the people that are succeeding out there that you see just really get getting things done what are some common patterns you see in them 
Well, and I think um, what we just talked about, people that aren't scared to go out and try something new and make mistakes and learn from it. Um, people that are open to networking and, you know, a lot of times when I think networking, I think of like, you know, the tables where you have to like go to a networking event and get a drink. And like most people are standing in the corner scared. Like yeah. you don't have to do traditional networking now. There's so many other ways if you're not comfortable in those situations where you can message someone, um, you can, you know, just um, comment on an Instagram or a Facebook post and comment on someone else's comments. Um, there, yeah. There's so many other ways to do it to make it more intimate to where it's not a big um, to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think those are important. Um, mindset is probably the the biggest and most important out of anything. You know, you have to believe in yourself and know that um, no matter, you know, what happens, you're going to come out on the other side. Okay. Um, even if you do fall down, you'll find a way to get back up. Um, and so, yeah, I think just having those couple of things is, is going to be important to be successful. And, you know, all of the other things, like one of the, I think I told you on my third deal, um, I used a wholesaler and hard money loan. Yep. Um, I, I always use the, if you find a good deal. So I think people that are successful are able to find good yeah. deals too. Um, everything else will come. It's like, you know, you, if you manifest a good deal <laughs> into your life, then just watch how everything else starts coming into your life too. Yeah. Um, so on my third deal, you know, I was like, I'm going to buy this property. I'm a cash buyer. I didn't even know exactly what that meant at the time. <laughs> but as soon as he was like, all right, you're buying this house. Then I was like, oh, okay. Now I really have to figure out what a cash buyer means. Cause I've seen all of these people saying that they are. Um, yeah. And I figured it out immediately. I was able to come to the closing table, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> What is a, what is one of your favorite or most, what is one of, what's a book that's been most impactful in your life? Um, I mean, this one is not necessarily uh, real estate related, but it's your money or your life. Mm -hmm. um, that is a really good one that I always tell people, um, you know, when you stop and just think about the way things have been for society or in your own life and just start questioning things. You know, that's kind of where it started with me is I just started thinking there's gotta be other ways to do things than the traditional, you know, go to school, work 40 something years at a desk, retire, maybe live for 10 years. Like <laughs> there's gotta be other things out there yeah. and your money or your life really, it, it just starts asking questions about your life energy and what you're trading your time for. And it, it's a really interesting book. So yeah. I highly recommend that. And who is um, the, who is the author on that? Um, Vicki Robin, I think it's her, the author's name. I think that's um, right. Yeah. 
yeah, that's, that sounds right. Um, so that was one. And then uh, I don't know the go-givers author's name either. I should oh. have been more prepared. No, I'll look it up and make sure it's in the notes. That, that <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Those have been good. And what, so what is your, what is your why? I mean, we've just talked about it a little bit, but if you wanted to give it a, a good summary, like what's, what's motivating you now? What gets you out of bed now? I mean, I, I can't give you one why I have a few, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but a lot of it for me, especially being a woman, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where I run the finances in my household. Not many women do that. And I think just speaking up about it and getting other women excited about taking more of a lead role in finances in general, and also in investing and getting into real estate um, and, you know, being able to help show future generations like my daughter, I mentioned that, you know, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, that's important. So, so that's huge. And then, you know, another of my whys is just, I have, I've had health issues all my life. And so um, I think it's one of those things where like, when you know that, yeah, and I mean, I guess this could happen to anyone, even without health issues that, you know, tomorrow could be your last day. Yeah. So it's like, you really have to, I know it's kind of morbid, so I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but just, just knowing and being faced with your own mortality and just thinking about like, would you do all of this if, yeah. If you knew that you only had five or ten years left, for example, yeah. what would what would you do different? And so, so those are big parts of my why. Um, and really, I just like educating and motivating and watching other people go out and like do whatever is going to be their best life. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, and you're you're right. I mean, it, it's not morbid. It's something that we all have to think about because, I mean, we have limited time on this lot in this life, and we have to think about how we want to allocate it and how we want to get the most out of it. Right? Like, I have a my goal is to it's a dichotomy, but my goal is to slow down and enjoy the moment, but also jam as many moments into my life as I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, I want to, I want to appreciate all the little moments and slow down enough to, you know, and enjoy putting together a Lego tractor with my son. But I want also want to jam as many of those kinds of moments in. So I'm also frantically trying to, you know, get financial freedom so i have more time and all this stuff and so it's like this weird it almost pulls me apart sometimes but it's this weird dichotomy but i just feel like we we have just one life and we need to we need to live i think there's a country song by tim mcgraw live like you were dying like if we're always yeah. just thinking oh yeah that, thinking that but not in a scared of death kind of way but just in a hey i know that i have a limited amount of time and i want to get the most right. out of it as i can and and especially if you're a person of faith that, you know, and you believe in the next life and that there's a purpose to this life, mm -hmm. getting the most out of this life is, is huge. And so, um, right. I think that's, that's a great mindset to have. Love that. Yeah. Um, what are some ways to, what are some ways that you're, you're giving back, um, currently and maybe some big things you want to do in the future? 
So, I mean, I, I kind of, I do a lot right now. Um, so for about a decade, I have um, been with my local Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot on the family selection committee. Mm-hmm. And so I get to go out and interview families for uh, potential Habitat homes and help select which family gets the house. So, cool. so that's something that I do. Um, and then I'm also a big sister for Big Brothers Big Sisters, um, so that's a really good program as well. And then um, I have some other stuff in the works uh, as well that involves, you know, giving back and getting more involved within my local um, real estate community. But yeah. I'm still working through all the details. But yeah, I'm always looking for ways to do more. And I'm glad you mentioned that because. That was another why is yeah. a legacy. You know, I want to leave a legacy behind. And um, like I mentioned earlier, I am that one person kind of changing my family tree. And so I want to make sure that I'm leaving a legacy, not just wealth, but yeah. also just, you know, I want my kids, kids, kids one day to be like, hey, great, great, great grandma Mindy did X, Y, and Z, you yeah. know, like that stuff really drives me. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, I agree (laughs) with that. You know, if we can, I just, if we all, if we, anybody that's striving for financial, you know, for wealth, they, there should be some aspect of, okay, well, once I get there or even along the way, what am I going to do to make the world a better place? And ultimately, as you get more wealth, you can often get, if you do it right, you should get more freedom or more freedom to choose how you allocate your time. And then that's when it can be very easy or easier to say, all right, now, like, what do I do to help others? What do I do to help the world? And if everybody had that mindset, man, we'd live in a great world. (laughs) Unfortunately, not everybody has that mindset, but if we can, if, if we can get there, man, it would be, I mean, it'd be way better. Like, I know the government takes care of a lot of people and does a great job with those kinds of things, but man, if it was something that just the general public did, it'd be way more efficient. All right. It'd be, it'd be way more effective. And we would be, we would grow as a, as a, as a population, as a, as a race, as a species, man, it would be, it would be awesome. So I always like to ask the why, you know, what you're, what, what ways you're giving back, because I think it's good to just circle back around of, you know, what we're all ultimately looking to do. And it's just good to hear. It's just cool to hear the ideas of what others are doing. It's super motivating. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, definitely. So, so how can people, if people want to learn more about, uh, more about you and follow you, where, where should we send them? Um, so I'm always, well, besides this month, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know when you'll hear this. So I might be back, but um, yeah. on Instagram, you can find me at investing in your wealth. And um, I also have a, a website, investinginyourwealth.com. Um, yeah, that's Perfect. pretty much it. And if they if they want to jump in on the meetup, it was Bridge Real Estate Investing, right? Meetup. Yes, Perfect. Bridge Real Estate Investing Meetup. It's on Facebook. Highly recommend joining the group. Love that. Love that. Well, Mindy, it's been awesome. I think it's been a phenomenal conversation. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed being on. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Money Maven Project podcast. A true maven shares knowledge with others 
So be sure to share this podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And until next time, live life with intention.